Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. A quick note before we start The Gateway. We want to know what you think about the podcast by filling out an online survey. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what we should improve. The survey is at gateway.show. That's gateway.show. Now, the podcast. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, February 28th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the Underground Railroad helped thousands of slaves escape before the Civil War. The nationwide network of footpaths and safe houses winds through the St. Louis region. Some are known to experts, but most of those stops never made the history books. Power plays a big part in what history the society chooses to remember. And African-American history oftentimes gets buried under other kinds of history. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt tells us why many signs of the Underground Railroad are difficult to find. First, the headlines. As the coronavirus continues to spread, health officials and doctors are working to limit the number of cases in the U.S. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, one St. Louis doctor was recently sent to California to help care for people quarantined for the virus. U.S. health officials quarantined hundreds of people from Wuhan, China this month, the center of the coronavirus outbreak. The federal government sent Douglas Char, a professor of emergency medicine at Washington University, to a quarantine site in California to advise doctors there. He says most of the patients quarantined at Travis Air Force Base didn't show any symptoms. They're in quarantine, but they're essentially healthy. It's sort of like you got a you know, forced day off from school, and you're just hanging out at home. There have been no confirmed cases of coronavirus in Missouri yet, but Char says the situation is changing quickly and could become a pandemic. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois Department of Public Health says 70 people in that state are described as persons under investigation for coronavirus. Two people have final results pending. That includes one who checked into Belleville Memorial Hospital. The patient has been referred to the state's health department for further testing. Those results should be back in a few days. A South St. Louis hospital has new leadership, and many are hoping it will be enough to save the facility. St. Alexius Hospital on South Broadway and its parent company, AmeriCorps, filed for bankruptcy in December. Alderwoman Kara Spencer's ward includes the hospital. She hopes new management will be able to turn it around. They are providing health care to people who otherwise don't have access to it, and so they do play a critical role here. AmeriCorps has named St. Louis-based physician Sonny Sager as the hospital's new chief executive officer. Officials say close to half the hospital's patients are uninsured. An effort begins tomorrow to increase funding for early childhood education in St. Louis County. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports advocates want voters to consider a tax increase in November. The Ready by Five campaign says a half-cent sales tax increase would raise $84 million a year to put toward improving quality and access to early childhood education. Brittany Hogan is a fellow with the We Power Community Organizers. She says expanding early childhood education is an important investment. There are many families who access early childhood education, but there are a lot of families who can't really afford to. And so 
so you see the disparities when it comes to when we talk about being ready, like ready by five, what it means to be ready for kindergarten. State funding for preschool has increased in recent years, but only 2% of four-year-olds across the state attend subsidized preschool. On average, unsubsidized care costs more than in-state public college tuition. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. The Underground Railroad helped bring as many as 100,000 slaves to freedom before the Civil War. A few routes crossed from Missouri into present-day Metro East. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports there are confirmed Underground Railroad stops in our area and places where there is no physical marker of their existence. I'm standing next to a small creek a little bit north of Alton in Godfrey, Illinois. Cool water rushes over a small ledge on its way to the Mississippi River. Eric Robinson, an assistant history professor at the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, explains where we are. The sound you hear right now are the falls of Rocky Fork. The tributary seems like any other in the Metro East. Tall, scraggly trees shoot up along its banks, and there's a barbed wire fence with a few no trespassing signs hanging on it nearby. Robinson says this ordinary scene has deep historical significance and a connection to the Underground Railroad. We believe that the escaped slaves coming from St. Charles County ended up coming here to the Rocky Fork branch of the Piasaw Creek. Escaped slaves also traveled through the region about 30 miles south, stopping at the Quinn Chapel AME Church in Brooklyn. George McShann is the chapel's secretary and says the church concealed escapees from patrols along the Mississippi. Now the slaves came and they hid in the church and under the church until it was safe for them to move on McShann says the church was one of the first stops made by those escaping slavery in Missouri on their way to freedom in Illinois and beyond. Both Quinn Chapel in Brooklyn and the Rocky Fork area in Godfrey are underground railroad stops that are verified and approved by the National Park Service. But they're not the only ones. From St. Louis through Alton to Chicago, the uh, route followed roughly the valley of the Illinois River. Robinson leads a tour of sites in Alton, and most of them are not part of any national registry. Just like Rocky Fork today, they have no physical markings that even suggest a connection to the Underground Railroad. Robinson says there's a simple explanation for that. The sites were hidden because helping escape slaves was a felony before the Civil War. I mean, if you were lucky, you went to prison. If you were not lucky, you see that, see that there? You'd be hanging from that tree over this, this creek. Easily. And there's another reason we can't identify and confirm more sites, says Brian Jack. Power plays a big part in what history the society chooses to remember. And African-American history oftentimes gets buried under other kinds of history. Jack is an associate professor at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, who studies African-American and local St. Louis history. After the Civil War, there was this desire to reunify the country to try to push slavery into the background. Robinson says physical landmarks of slavery were destroyed or repurposed by the beginning of the 20th century. We thought progress was good, new was good, newer is even better. Without physical structures or markers, the history associated with them fades away. Cheryl Jennifer LaRoche authored Free Black Communities and the Underground Railroad. She says many researchers avoided the Underground Railroad because it was rooted in lore and myth. Many noted historians wouldn't touch that field, wouldn't really go there, because if you're a serious historian, this is not something that you're going to be studying. LaRoche says that's now starting to change. 
She adds many parts of black history have been shut out of written historical records because education and literacy were suppressed or outright forbidden for black Americans. LaRoche says historians devalued the way that black communities traditionally shared their past through storytelling. If these very same things that I received orally had been written, people wouldn't have so much trouble with the believability of it. At Quinn Chapel, McShann remembers the stories older parishioners told of the church's role fighting slavery. They didn't write a whole lot down, but they got up and talked about it. The only thing that we have that hold on to is the history of the church. He says he wanted the chapel on the National Park Service registry so that its history will remain, even if the church doesn't. Reporting from Madison County, I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Have a great weekend. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.